The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. As was very often the case after World War II, there were unfortunately many Jews who left World War II, saw the horrors of the Holocaust and said, I want nothing to do with God. And some lucky people had God say to them, but I want something to do with you. Maybe everyone got these messages and some accepted them and some learned from them. Maybe others ignored them. I'm not sure. But there's Mr. Greenbaum wanted so much to get away from God and Judaism to calculate where in America can I really get away to make sure I'm not going to be chased by any Jews about my religion, about doing mitzvahs. And even though I might have been a pretty serious Jew before the war, not now anymore. Not after what I just saw. These five years of, of horror in Gehenna. So he calculated that he's going to move to Alabama. Alabama is a place with very few Jews. It's an amazing story. It's worth listening to this story. Very few Jews in Alabama. Some. But certainly you go to Alabama, you're not going to be bothered by people, Minyanim and Kolalim and Yeshivas and all the... It's not going to happen. It's Alabama. In the, in the 50s and 60s. So he moved to Alabama, met a nice Jewish girl, which is pretty amazing that he found a Jewish wife. But he did, Baruch Hashem, he settled down. Had a family. And the one thing he wasn't going to do when his son got to be 13 was make a bar mitzvah. No way. But what he was willing to do, after all, it is 13, and we do have Jewish customs. It could be, you know, they, he, they knew they were Jewish. They decided, you know, let's go to the mall. And this must be probably in the 1960s, maybe early 70s. Let's go to the mall, buy yourself a nice gift. So I don't think malls in Alabama in the 70s were that big, but he went to the mall, and they're walking around with this 13-year-old boy saying, listen, I want to buy you a present. You're, it's an important date, 13. You're, today you become a man. And the way we'll celebrate you becoming a man is by buying you a present. So what do you want? Tell me how Baruch Hu doesn't run the world, Rabbi Sai. When this kid went to the toy place and the sports equipment, he went to all the places that 13-year-old kids would generally want to go to. But tell me God doesn't run the world without, out of the corner of his eye. He notices in some kind of a sort of off the beaten path pawn shop with old little artifacts and, you know, different types of things. He decides to, he happens to look that way in this, this store that's selling all of these, you know, different offbeat kind of items. He sees a menorah. He sees candelabra with these eight, these eight receptacles for oil. And he says, I want to see that. Let's go see there. And he, it's, 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 no, it's not a regular shop. It's not a regular Macy's or, or a Big Five. What do you want to go in here for? These, they're selling. No, I want it. Let's go see that. They go into the store. I want that menorah. Why my kid wants a menorah? Of all the things I can buy him, he doesn't want a basketball, doesn't want a baseball glove. Doesn't want, he wants a menorah? A little weird. You sure you want the menorah? I mean, it's a menorah. I mean, where, where, what do we do with menorah? We don't even like candles on Khan. What do you want a menorah for? I want the menorah, daddy. Okay. Sir. My son wants this menorah. It's his 13th birthday. What's it going to cost? Sorry, it's not for sale. Not for sale. It's in the store. Well, it's in the store, but it's not for sale. This is a menorah that came from occupied Europe during the time of World War II. It was a special artifact made during the dark days for the Jews. And I think one day it's going to be worth a lot of money. So I'm not, it's not for sale. My kid wants a menorah. I'm a successful businessman. We're walking, walking out of here with the menorah. He says, well, I'm sorry, sir, but 
I'll give you $500 for the menorah. It's worth probably 10 bucks. I'll give you 500 bucks. Not for sale, sir. Stop playing games with me. I'll give you $1,000 for the menorah. Sir, that thing might be worth $10,000 one day. I'm not selling it to you. Okay, I'll give you $10,000 for the menorah. My kid is walking out of here with that menorah. 10,000 bucks? <laughs> Sir, you got yourself a deal. Right to check out for the menorah, goes home. His job was to make his kid happy. His kid was happy. He got a menorah. Goes home and plays with the menorah. Okay, everyone's happy. Nice 13-year-old present. A couple of days later, father and, and the mother are downstairs. The kid is playing with his menorah upstairs. And you hear a thud. You hear a little bit of a crash. And something upstairs fell. They run upstairs, and they see the kid, not happy. He smashed the menorah. Menorah fell. It broke into a bunch of pieces. Menorah's broken. Father was not happy, and he started getting angry, and he says, I spent $10,000 in that menorah. You smash it? Do you know how much money I paid? And, of course, he wasn't happy that he lost his temper. He says, you know, uh, well, let's see if we can put it back together. Maybe we can actually glue it back together, and I paid that much money. Maybe we can still salvage it. So the kid already walks away, probably upset, maybe he's even crying, goes away. The father's sitting in the room, putting this menorah, or attempting to put it back together again. In putting it back together, as he opens up the different parts and sees what's he going to connect, he notices there's a piece of paper attached underneath one of the receptacles where there was some room. There's a piece of paper there. Mr. Greenbaum, the, I think it was in the car business, of Atlanta, Georgia, I'm sorry, of, of, of Alabama, with his 13-year-old son and his wife in that room watching him trying to put the thing back together again, takes out the piece of paper and starts reading it to himself. He reads a piece of paper and he faints. Faints on the spot. <sighs> daddy, Daddy, what's going on? Are you okay, okay? And they get some water, they throw the water on Mr. Greenbaum. Daddy, Daddy, what's going on? Mr. Greenbaum looks white as a ghost. He says, what's going on is let me read you what this piece of paper says. The piece of paper says, I know I'm not going to live through this horrific episode of the Holocaust, of Nazi Germany. And I probably will never use this menorah. But somebody might find it one day and use it. I want you to remember us, the Jews who couldn't light, the Jews who perished in the war, the Jews who couldn't make it to the other side. I wanted to remember us. And the light of lighting this menorah should be a light that perpetuates a merit for our families who wanted to do the right thing, who wanted to do the mitzvah, but couldn't because we perished by the hands of the Nazis, Yamach Shimon. And it was signed, Mr. Aaron Greenbaum. Mr. Greenbaum says to his wife and to his son, this was written by my father. My father wrote this in some concentration camp Somehow it got to America. Somehow it got to Alabama. And somehow it got to my son, who now it gets to me. That's why I fainted. Because this could not have been just a mere coincidence. It cannot be. And Mr. Greenbaum and Mrs. Greenbaum took this incredible miracle to heart. This, this menorah was able to come to that particular shop on that particular day for that 13-year-old boy, one of the most un- realistic present you can ever want, have it break. Have Mr. Greenbaum find that note to connect himself back to his father and back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Needless to say, everything changed. They started observing the Torah. 
They started going back to the footsteps of their parents and grandparents. They became a religious family. Rabbi said, ask yourself that question. Is this a history lesson? Or is it a reminder that God is active and involved in every one of our lives? Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.